of your name. All to you, oh God, we pray. Jesus, teach us how to live. Let your fire burn in us. And all may hear, and all may see. God is great, and His praise fills the earth, fills the heavens, and your name will be praised for all the I know 
I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy words. I put my hope in your holy words. Because I have a living hope. I have a living hope. I have a future. I have a future. God has a plan for me. God has a plan for me. Of this I am sure. Of this I am sure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. Your word is faithful, your word is faithful, mighty and power, mighty and power. God has delivered me, God has delivered me, of this I am sure, of this I am sure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation, I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. I said, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. Amen. If Jesus is in your firm foundation, he needs to be before you leave today. We're going to sing a song made to worship. And, uh, just reading this first verse. It says, before the day, before the light, before the world revolves around the sun. Before any of that, if we're failing to worship him, then we're failing to do what we were made to do. Just as simple as that. So before we start this day, let's just worship him right now. Revolved around the sun God on high Stepped down into time And wrote the story of His love for everyone He has filled our hearts with wonder 
so that we always remember you and I were made to worship you and I are called to love you and I are forgiven and free you and I embrace surrender you and I choose to believe you and From God that we receive But tonight we open up our eyes To see the majesty and glory of the King He has filled our hearts with wonder So that we always remember you and I are called to love You and I are given and free When you and I embrace surrender You and I choose to believe You and I will see We were meant to be So even the rocks cry out And even the heavens shout through a storm yet well you will if you've been through one you know that it's time when you go through a storm it's a call to be closer to God and I've got this on my wall in my office uh, this little plaque real small and it says be still and know that I'm God and at a time in my life when I was uh, conflicted, a guy uh, gave that to me. This is a great hymn of praise. 
about that. Hide me now under Father, you are 
Aren't you glad that you serve a God who's king above not only the flood, but everything that there is out there? Thank you guys for leading us in worship. You know, it's been my privilege to serve this church now for some seven years. And you can tell a lot about a church by the leaders that it has had over the years. Um, And the past two pastors that our church has had that I'm familiar with. One was pastor of this church for some 30 years from the mid-60s to the mid-90s. And Brother Wayne has been pastor here for about 15 years. In Brother Wayne's absence today, we are privileged to have our former pastor, Brother Chess Smith, Dr. Chess Smith, to come and preach for us today. And for most of us, he needs no introduction. But for those of you who are new to our church, And 15 years is a good while there, Brother Chess, so there are some here that don't know who you are, I'm sure. Um, But uh, we are fortunate to have Brother Chess with us today, and his lovely wife Dot is sitting about three-fourths of the way back and has been his partner in ministry for all of those years, Um, and we're glad to have him. I learned something about Brother Chess before the service started. He has just celebrated this past weekend, he and his wife, uh, they have celebrated their 62nd wedding anniversary. And while they were away, yes. And while they were away, they happened to run into somebody that knew me, and I have no idea what they said about me, but that doesn't matter. Brother Chess, come and share with us what the Lord's laid on your heart for today. Is this on? You mean I've got to stand behind here and uh, sing this music? We just happened to run into a a young lady yesterday and heard that we were from Tifton. And so uh, that set her off and asked if we knew uh, a fellow by the name of Jim Donovan over here. And we said, uh, yes, uh, we do. I, I was hesitant to say that we knew him, but 
I went on and, and said it anyway, and, and then she uh, was from Birmingham, Alabama, and brought us up to date on Brother Jim, his Sandy, and, and all of that crowd. We're glad to be here. We appreciate Brother Wayne asking us to come and share in these services today. Dot and I have had nine interims since we supposedly retired 15 years ago, and we're over at the First Baptist Church in Baxley now. But uh, we got us a supply, and we're glad to be here today. I appreciate the music, men. Uh, one thing about it was that I could sing just as loud as I wanted to, and nobody could hear me. And so I, I didn't have to worry about being embarrassed about not uh, carrying the tune just exactly right. I picked up a couple of lines off of the music. All we have is a gift from God. We sang that very lustily and loudly and with excitement. But uh, do, we, do we live like we really believe that? Picked up another line, embrace surrender. Do y'all remember that hymn in our hymn book? I surrender all, all to Jesus I give. We can sing that, but do we really understand what we are singing? Can any of us here this morning say that I have surrendered all? B.B. McKinney, Brother Gary, will know about uh, Brother McKinney. He was a great Baptist musician a number of years ago and wrote a number of hymns that we have in our hymn book. And one of them he wrote has lingered long in my heart. I am satisfied with Jesus. He has done so much for me. He suffered to redeem me. He died to set me free. I am satisfied. I am satisfied. But the question comes to me as I think of Calvary is my master satisfied with me? Good question. Important question for us to ask this morning. Is my master satisfied with me? You see, I can sing, I can memorize all the words, I can clap my hands, I can pat my foot, I can raise my arms, but the question keeps coming to me, is my master satisfied with me? If we ask that question today, what would the answer be? 
God would not shout it out for all the world to hear, but he would whisper to your heart and mine if we ask him sincerely and honestly, are you satisfied the way I lived this past week? What I said? What I watched? Where I went? Good question. You know, I imagine God would answer if we ask it sincerely. He would say, no, I'm not satisfied with you. you you're like Moses, my servant. And, and I would say, if I'm like Moses, man, that's good. Man, Moses is one of the, uh, the big ones in the Bible. He led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, across the wilderness to the edge of the Jordan River, getting them ready for the promised land. Right, he brought water from the rock. He spread the waters of the Red Sea. If I'm like Moses, then I'm in good company, I would think. But God would whisper to me, have you, have you read about him in the second, third, and fourth chapters of Exodus? If you have your Bibles there, you might want to turn and read about this servant called Moses. I had a hard time with him. And I wasn't satisfied with Moses because he didn't do what I asked him to do. And I'm not satisfied with you because you won't do what I ask you to do. Look at the second chapter God would tell us in Exodus. During this time a man from the tribe of Levi married a woman of his own tribe and she bore him a son. Now we know the name of the son was Moses. Does anybody here this morning know the name of the, of the mother? Moses' mother? How about his daddy? Anybody here this morning know the name of his daddy? Well, we know the story. He was born. The edict had been out to kill all the boy Hebrew babies and his mother Jochebed didn't want this baby killed so she hid him in the bulrushes you remember and put his sister to look after him. Do y'all remember the name of his sister? Miriam. And so Miriam was watching and the, the daughter of Pharaoh found him. You know the story and Miriam went and got uh, Jochebed and brought her back and the daughter of Pharaoh said, you, you take care of him and uh, I'll pay you what I owe you. And then look at verse 16. Later when the child was old enough, she took him to the king's daughter who adopted him as her own son. She said to herself, I pulled him out of the water so I named him Moses. 
Jochebed didn't have the privilege of naming her baby boy, but the daughter of Pharaoh did. They called him Moses. When Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his people, the Hebrews, and he saw how they were forced to do hard labor. We don't know how long the mother of Moses took care of him before she carried him back to the palace and gave him to the royal family. Let's just say five years. Nursed him, looked after him for five years, the first five years of his life, and then she turned him over to those in the palace. And all the Bible says is then one day, when he'd grown up, he went out to visit his people. Moses was 40 years old when he went out to visit his people. What had he been doing for 35 years? Living a plush life in the palace. The son of the daughter of Pharaoh. He had the best robes, the finest slippers. He ate at the best tables. For 35 years, now we know he didn't stay in the palace 35 years and then one day walk outside. For 35 years, Moses looked at what was happening to his people and didn't do anything about it. Could care less. Don't rock the boat. Don't disturb the status quo. Doesn't matter whether corruption and decay and, and brutality and sinfulness and immorality runs rampant. It doesn't matter. I'm comfortable in the palace. Thirty-five years he looked at what was going on around him and didn't do anything about it. And God would whisper to us, I, I wasn't satisfied with that. What about us today? We can look at our world. Does it make any difference? As long as we cut our grass, shine our shoes, comb our hair. What about our world? It's in chaos. I don't care where you live, where you work, where you go to school, what you do. We are all surrounded with greed and corruption and sin. Have we done anything about it? Have we said anything against it that would make any difference? Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. We got any soldiers today who are standing up? Thirty-five years Moses walked the streets of Egypt. 
and didn't do anything about what was going on. And then one day, that's what the Bible says, one day he, he goes out to visit his people and he saw how they were being forced to do hard labor. He even saw an Egyptian kill a Hebrew, one of Moses' own people. And Moses looked around and when he saw that no one was watching, he killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. God wasn't satisfied with that either. That wasn't God's plan. Moses just took things in his own hands. He decided to, to correct some of the wrongs around him in his own way. And it didn't do any good. Well, you know the story. He had to run for his life and and the, the writer tells us that he ran over to Midian and defended and helped some women who had come to the well to draw water and they told Jethro, their father, about him and so they called Moses and Moses went home with them and they liked him and he liked them and so he settled down and got married and had a family and began to tend sheep and for 40 more years, God's people wallowed in Egypt in sin and corruption and immorality and brutality and chaos. And Moses was comfortable with his family, had a flock of sheep, getting wealthy going from grassy place to grassy place, cool waters to cool waters, had it made and didn't do anything about his world. I'm satisfied. But the question, the question, is God satisfied with me? Forty years. That's why God is telling us, uh, I had trouble with my servant Moses, and, and I'm having trouble with you. Well, one day, Moses was out on the backside of the desert, and he saw a bush burning but was not being consumed and you know the story Moses come up here I want to talk to you take off your shoes you're standing on holy ground and I want you to open your mind and your heart and I want you to listen to me we've been at it long enough I want you to go back to Egypt and lead my people out of bondage and sorrow and night into my freedom and gladness and light. But if you check in chapter 3 and chapter 4, Moses made five excuses of why he couldn't do that. 
He said, I, I'm a nobody in 11 chapter 3. I'm a nobody. I haven't got anything. No power, no authority. No money, no prestige. Verse 13, chapter 3. They don't know me. They won't listen to me. They won't follow my instructions. Verse 1 of chapter 4. The Hebrews, they won't, they won't follow me. Verse 10 of chapter 4. I don't know how to speak. I'm no speaker. Verse 13 of chapter 4. Send somebody else. Five excuses. After 70 years of doing nothing, five excuses of why he could not be God's servant. And if you'll notice, it, it, it's interesting over there in chapter 3, verse 14. At this, the Lord became angry with Moses. Fed up with him. Tried my best to get his attention for 70 years to do something for me. And when I finally get him to where he listens, he gives me all these excuses of why he can't do it. That sound familiar? About us? Oh, Father, if I do that, uh, my, my peer group will laugh at me. They'll make fun of me. They won't include me in the next party and gathering. Father, if I, I do something, those at work will look at me uh, with uh, just uh, a jaundiced eye. I might even lose my job. Don't ask me to stand up for Jesus if it's going to cost me or embarrass me. Oh, dear friend, this morning, our world, our world is in chaos. And you look around, we can sing, we can praise God, we can talk about all of His gifts, and we can be grateful for His grace and His mercy, and do nothing about the world in which we live, just like Moses, for 70 years. The burning bush, you remember the story. Moses, what do you got in your hand? I got my staff. Throw it down on the ground. Throw it down, you remember it turned a snake. He said, pick it up. Picked it up by the tail and it became a shepherd's staff again. And God said, that's all I need. A willing heart and an open hand. That's all I need. 
What do you have in your hand? That's all God needs. That's all God wants. Your willingness in your heart and your hand, whatever you've got. It doesn't take much. We, we think we've got to have something big and great and powerful. But all God needs is for me to be willing to follow him and to give him what I've got in my hand. What did, uh, what did Rahab have in her hand? You remember Rahab, the prostitute that hid the two spies as they went over and checked out the promised land and would go back to report to Joshua and the others and, and they were fixing to be captured and she hid them on the roof and then let them down with the rope and saved them. Rahab, I need you. What do you have in your hand? All I've got is a rope. That's all I need. And God with Rahab's rope saved the spies and the people crossed into the promised land safely. Andrew, we got a lot of folks to feed. Jesus, all I have is a little boy and he just got one little sack of lunch. Five little barley cakes and two fish like sardines. That's enough. Tell the folks to sit down. And with what the little boy had in his hand, God fed the multitude above five thousands. What do you have in your hand? How many times you've looked out your window on your world? How many times have you and I made excuses at our burning bush? How many of us are still tending sheep comfortably and secure and satisfied? I am satisfied with Jesus, but the question comes to me as I think of Calvary is my master, is my master satisfied with me? Ask him and then listen carefully of what he has to say. Join me in a moment of prayer. Father, as we come this morning, help us to rejoice with the exceeding great joy, the opportunity to sing and praise your name and give adoration and thanksgiving for your grace and your love. But somewhere along the way, Father, help us to hear that question and help us to answer it sincerely. For we make our prayer in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. If God has spoken to your heart and there's a decision that you wish to make, as the closing hymn is sung, you come and Brother Jim will be here at the front to receive you. May we stand and sing together.
Blood has washed away the stain. 